welcome to our 100th episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about an unusual story involving a lioness. And I share a story about how some lions escaped their habitat at a zoo in Sydney. We learn about two new awesome pics. And about our interesting animal of the week. So let's get to it. Episode 100 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Woo, we did it. As always, we're your host, Sally. Hey, Casey. <laughs> and uh, we have a bunch of animals to talk about today, but before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I went to the zoo with me mom. How was that? It's good. It was one of the last... Actually, yeah, the last day for the Halloween... Oh, you got to sp- see that? I didn't yeah. make it. How was it? It was good. We didn't stay for like this bubble show that's over near Africa, the base of Africa Rocks. The one that's over where they do the, where the like the crossover is where mm-hmm. they usually do that like yeah. Aurora show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we didn't stay for that because it was just going to be too busy and we had to get home and get dinner. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was nice. Um, my <laughs> so very nice. <laughs> yeah, we actually saw the main wolf get up and it wasn't. What? I know, and it wasn't during a keeper talk because I don't think they're still doing those keeper talks yet. Okay. So there was that. Um. Let's see what else. Oh, it was funny because like um, the hippos are still in that one area okay, in the yeah, old... where the rhino yeah. was. And let's see. Oh, my mom was jealous because while we were over in that section, um, we went by the giraffes, and there's either it was a private tour or a family member of someone that worked there, and they were they were feeding the giraffes Doing treats. Thing, yeah. Well, that's yeah. one of the things you can pay for. Yeah, but it wasn't in the. Typical area I see them doing. Oh, it was just it. It out was, on like the main. It was out over by the barn in the back. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, oh, so that's definitely more special. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny because there's like this tiny little kid like giving. No, oh, so the funny. giraffes were like, really? Yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we went to go to um, the Bear Canyon, uh, which we never do. Right. <laughs> Like, only our, our little Teddy Graham time yes. is, like, the main Bear Canyon trip. <laughs> but it was funny, um, because, like, the Antony Bear, they gave him, like, a beef knuckle, and he was taking it, and sitting on his bum, and smacking it on the ground Ooh. to break it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then the grizzly bears also got theirs, and so they were playing around, and one of them got in the water, started playing. Oh, I yeah. love to watch them play around in the water. Mm-hmm. Let's watch anything play in the water. Yeah. My mom was upset that the polar bears were- didn't go into the water. And we went there when they, they were, were doing the too. keeper talk, too, and they tossed a melon, and she was just, I'll oh, just reach and pull <laughs> it in. She's like, no, thank you. Yeah, it's it's not, it's too cold. <laughs> You're a polar bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we didn't start off at base camp for once, and instead we went there later in the day. Okay. And so we missed the butterflies, because that apparently closes at night. Oh, good to know. Yeah. I guess it'd be harder to see, or they don't want to have lights on in there with them? I don't know. I don't know. Did you see the axolotl? Yes, and I got some pictures. Yay! They're not great, but I finally Of the actual face this time? Yes! Yay! And how about the, um, the giant salamander? Oh, yes, and he was out of his log. He wasn't in his log? He was out of his log. Oh, amazing. Or you could actually see him, though? Yeah. Oh, when I saw him, he was, like, under it, so you still couldn't see him. Yeah, he was under it, but you could see him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I saw, like, his butt. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, and there's this one enclosure that's just outside of that part, and it finally has one of their Chinese alligators in there. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was empty ever since it opened. (laughs) I think that may have been there last time I was there. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, all right, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, how was the Halloween? How Halloween? How Halloween? Is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, uh, it was cool in the reptile house. They had like this giant snake and okay. the gl- like it had the dark kind of tapestry and then glow in the dark little spiders and s- lizards and stuff. But they didn't do a whole bunch of stuff all throughout the zoo. Um, I wanted to go, but I just didn't really have time, and I was like, they'll hopefully do it next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was mainly. There was a show, some shows going on. This there was a stage over by Africa Rocks, and they were just 
doing small shows throughout the day. Um, we never stayed for them. We just saw them in passing. Okay, so I'm not feeling bad that I didn't go is yeah. what I'm hearing. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Because I was like, is it going to be like Festival of Lights that the park used to do and it's like mm-hmm. all over the place and it's cool? Yeah. But no, it wasn't too crazy. But when you're a place like the zoo mm-hmm. and you have actual good exhibits and educational things, you don't have to rely on that. So there you go. Anyway, that's cool though. Well, that makes me feel better that I didn't go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, hopefully next year they'll do it. And also it's the whole kids getting free October thing. And I was just like, I'm barely yeah. going to go. There's going to be a million children. Mm-hmm. And it would have been the last weekend. Yeah. So I'm like, this is going to be so crowded. Like I just, ugh. and then my stupid toe. I'm just like, ugh, I just can't. And then I'm going to be around people. And then, <laughs> no, I mean, for multiple reasons. Around people, COVID, around people just don't like it in general. And then yeah. around people who can step on my toe that's already messed up. <laughs> So I'm oh. like, I just don't want to deal with it. I just remember. Also, we saw the gelatas um, were getting into it and they were mad at each other. Oh, oh <laughs> Yeah, dear. they were chasing each other and howling. It was all. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah then, of course, there were kids that also were screaming. I was like, nope, you don't have to scream with them. <laughs> Please stop. Please don't. This is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that sounds, I mean, it's still fun. Yeah. It's still fun. It was fun time. Cool, cool. And well, I got this shirt. Okay. The Boo Crew. The Boo Crew. Aww. It was literally the last one. Is it weird that I still, I set Fennec and I'm still mad at them for stealing our Fennec boxes mm. and all of our animals yeah. from the park? Rude. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, I saw this early in the day and I was like, I'll come back for it later. I'm not going to get it now. And then I went to the big store at mm-hmm. the end. They did not have my size. Then I went to the other store. They just didn't have it all together. And I was like, oh, great. I have to go back to that one store and hope that they have it. And I was looking through the, it's, it's like, Small, medium, extra large, extra large, double XL is like. Then I finally found this large. Yay. You got it. Well, if yep. you're going the last weekend, it's going to be trickier to find. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yep. Cool times. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right. Well, well I was looking and for. And Halloween s- happened too. So. Halloween did happen. I had to work. Uh, uh, that sucks. I scared some children. That's good. Yeah. I was dressed up as Michael Myers. My mom was Mad Hatter, and my sister was some generic character. Some generic character. That's how I would describe it. Okay. You were just like a zombie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she was. I feel like I just want to do, I feel like the laziest thing, there's a couple lazy things you can do. I feel like one thing is just to wear earth tones and like like smudge a little dirt on you and be like, I'm a survivor of any like zombie any pick one a video game a walking dead whatever it's always earth tones and like a little bit of dirt and then you're done one idea i would like to do is like all of us being dressed up in red like in us and have our scissors when we open the door i haven't seen us <gasps> i know i almost was thinking i was like i should watch like get out or one of those you haven't watched get out no either? i haven't and it's supposed to be real good or nope nope <laughs> nope to nope. Um, oh I have to God. see all of those. I'm like, oh, I gotta go see that. Yeah. And I, but Halloween it was just like I was. It, Halloween was a shit show at work. I was like, <laughs> I hate. Every time I go there, I'm reminded why I hate being. <laughs> and I was like, this is a disaster. And then, um, so I was just pissed when I left work and I got off late. And I was just like, I'm mad. And like, I just and I had saved Hocus Pocus two for Halloween. And my so entire- I haven't watched it. <laughs> It's okay. Um, That's my, what I've been Which is hearing. what I've heard, and I agree. I'm like, it's it's okay. Um, it's something special. But anyway, um, but it's, it's, it's cute, I guess. Anyway, um, but I had planned, of course, to do a movie marathon and, like, have that in there somewhere and, like, watch an actual scarier one. And it would have been good to do a like, Get Out or one of those, but I didn't have time, and I was just mad. <laughs> just, I'm so annoyed. Anyway, um, so, yeah. But Halloween, I hope, I hope everybody else had a good Halloween. This is my favorite. Um, but while I was looking for things to talk about today for our stories, I found an article of a swimmer that was attacked, <laughs> which San Diego's just so happening with sharks right now. So a swimmer was attacked by a shark. And then I love that the article's like north of San Diego. I'm like, I technically of San Diego proper, but it's San Diego County. Mm-hmm. So like Del Mar. You yeah. know, one of the beaches that we would go to. <laughs> so anyway, they think it was a juvenile shark though. So basically she like Apparently they were out there. Sw- I guess they were just out swimming, but the article says I, there is an article. I can link it, but I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But like they were out there, and then a lifeguard saw them like you know flailing their arms around, and it was like they said it was like a, not. I don't think it was a mile, but it was a pretty good. Di- not where I would ever go to swim. <laughs> 
at the ocean. And um, anyway, so the lifeguard went out there to get them, not seeing the shark or anything. So they brought them back in and everything. But anyway, they just, but they applauded the lady and her friend for keeping their cool and everything. Mm -hmm. But also they think it was a juvenile shark because it was, you know, she was not dying. (laughs) She was not missing a leg. I mean, usually that's what happened. That little, like, little, you know, tempt tasting bite Mm -hmm. usually rips off a limb or does some severe Mm -hmm. damage. But she just had, like, lacerations and stuff. Mm -hmm. So she was able to swim in on her own is a point. Oh, so, I mean, sort of assisted, but she was not like having to be loaded onto a board and like, you know, kept from drowning. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, so that happened. But it just made me think I'm like, what is all this shark happenings off off of our, our beaches? Because a little while ago, probably like two ish weeks ago, I think. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not. I think I may have hinted to it unless I just asked you about it. But there's a surf competition. And a photographer got a picture of a great white breaching. So there's like the surfer in the foreground and then a great white breaching behind him. So anyway, and the photographer's like, I didn't even know what I got. And so oh I was my looking God. at the pictures later. <laughs> anyway, and then, and then he's like, oh, I've seen a lot of dolphin stuff. That's what I thought it was. But then when I looked at the structure and first when you see the picture, I was like, that's a dolphin. And I'm like, oh, no, it is a shark. It's like turned. And anyway, so but it's just crazy that that is like the exact moment you got a picture is when a shark and it's like almost fully out of the water. But also makes me nervous because, like, obviously it's a surf competition, so there's a bunch of people surfing. <laughs> and, like, that's how they attack. So they were like, ooh, yummy, but you missed. <laughs> like, I don't know what you were doing. Or you were just showing off. Anyway, I don't know. So sharks are, just beware, there are sharks in all the San Diego places. So we don't have many attacks, though, at least mm-hmm. not fatal ones, or where you lose a leg. Yeah. But anyway, just sharks are happening in San Diego. There you go. And I think that one was Oceans. I could look real fast. Yeah. Um, but the one was Del Mar. You've seen this picture, right? I've seen the picture. Yeah. yeah. At first I was like, it's a dolphin. But I'm like, oh, that's that <sighs> dorsal. Now it yeah. all makes sense. But yeah. So anyway, I think it was. Uh, yeah. It's uh, basically Oceanside San Onofre. Which we always joke is, you know, radioactive sharks and things over there. <laughs> I freaking. I like to go to that beach because there was, oh, I was, it's probably somebody peeing, but I feel like you just hit more warm spots at that beach, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't freeze as much, oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, it's the <laughs> nuclear, <laughs> the <laughs> nuclear power is just warming up the water. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually been swimming at that beach, but I pass San Onofre all the time because we would go up that way yeah, yeah. and see it as the, oh, in passing. Yep. <laughs> the nuclear boobs, as everyone says. Yep. But, um, yeah, so, but I, I've definitely gone to that beach quite a few times. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it just usually had warmer spots unless whoever I was with just kept peeing. Maybe. I don't know what happened. Or I don't think fish pee would be warm. So No. <laughs> I don't think it's any wildlife peeing around you. Uh. Anyway, so beware of sharks in the water in San Diego, sort of, <laughs> kind of. Anywho. All right. Well, let's move on into what we actually wanted to talk about. And uh, we have kind of similar stories, apparently, today, sort of, what, somewhat. All right, Casey, tell us what you want to talk about. I want to talk about a case of a lioness growing a mane. What? Yes. So this lioness is at the Topeka Zoo and Conservation Center in Kansas. She's 18 years old. Her name's Zuri, and back in fall of 2020, she started growing nates of hair around her neck. And now she has a mane. What? Do they have a picture? Yes. It's I a... want to see this cat. There she is. <gasps> what? She looks like a juvenile male. Yeah. yeah, she looks like a juvenile male. She's beautiful. Yeah. Um, she's 18 years old. So that's like the top, okay. <laughs> yeah. Of her range. Mm-hmm. Did her estrogen just stop producing and that's what's going on? Like, what's going on? They're not sure. <laughs> okay. Because it's very rare. Um... But it's not completely unheard of. Um, the like she hit kitty, kitty menopause and that was it. <laughs> no such thing as kitty menopause. But, okay, uh, well. <laughs> back in 2011, the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa lioness had a mane. And back in 2018, the Oklahoma City Zoo's 18-year-old lioness also started growing a shaggy beard. Huh. Um, when they did it at uh, the lioness at the National Park, they did detect higher levels of testosterone, which is not surprising as that is the sex driven testosterone is the sex hormone that drives a male lion to grow a dark mane. Well, and didn't you say on one of our very first quizzes ever that if the males don't have testosterone, they won't grow a mane? Yes. So that's why whenever 
at a zoo they don't want to breed their lions they don't neuter the male oh okay, okay <laughs> or else okay. he would lose his mane oh that's so weird yeah there's a i can't remember the name of the sanctuary but they had a lion a tiger i think it was a tiger and a black bear all towels together and um they were all males and all neutered and the male eventually lost his mane huh crazy yep so um with her they found um there was a problem with not this line but the one at the in south africa when they did an autopsy on her um they found that she did have a problem with her ovaries so that is a potential cause okay and they actually noted um with this line she started growing um a mane after the male line at the zoo um passed away oh yeah um and so some suspect maybe it's a response to because afterwards they were a bit more skittish and frightened when the male was gone and so maybe females now taking a protective role um weird yeah but they're not really sure why it's happened that's crazy are all the lionesses who are getting these older um some of them most of them are which is kind of odd but then there's been um there were some in the wild that they estimated to be a bit younger um but bit around eight to 11 years old which but in the wild that's like yeah that's ends, yeah yes but these lions um some of them like zuri here is um geriatric so it would that's... it's very odd that such an old line would have a sudden change in their hormones well i just i don't know i feel like if like with humans you know menopause you lose yeah. your estrogen that's when you're supposed to be susceptible to more issues mm-hmm. but um not lose your estrogen but goes down so i would think that would have something to do with it mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. But yeah. And they did do some, they haven't done hormone testing with her, but they are planning to in the future to see if, if um, her um, testosterone levels are increased. That's so crazy. I wonder what would cause that. Yeah. It's a mystery A mystery so far. of science. Yeah, it was funny though, because um, when guests came to visit um, the zoo, they thought they got a new male lion. It's like, nope, it's the female lion that's always been here. She's just old and she's getting, you know, yeah. women have mustaches, so she just has a full beard and mm-hmm. mustache. It's fine. But yeah, and here's a before and after back in 2020 that's and then so 2022. weird. Yeah. I love her mane though. It's beautiful. Yep. It's so light. <laughs> she's like a little blondie. Yeah. <laughs> cute what a cutie anyway that's crazy mm-hmm. all right well from an adorable story honestly unless there's something bad happening that's doing that but she's still alive so yep. it's not like they die immediately when they get it mm-hmm. so it's obviously not affecting their health too much um to a sort of stuff of nightmares uh spoiler alert everyone's okay <laughs> but this would be i would probably would have peed myself if i had been there so uh, my story is uh, from NBC News. I will share it, obviously. And it hails from Sydney. And it's five lions escape enclosure sparking alarm at Sydney Zoo. And then you would think like, oh, maybe it's overnight. And it's not a big deal. No, there were people there. So guests of the zoo's roar and snore. So I guess ours is not uh, <laughs> an original name. At yeah. The anyway, the bark. Uh, guests of the zoo's roar and snore overnight stay program were quickly rushed to safety. So anyway, so five lions managed to escape their enclosure at an Australian zoo Wednesday, sparking a brief emergency as officials rushed to contain them. The zoo was immediately put on lockdown with a code one. So I guess that's probably all zoos. So if you hear a code one, just run for a building. (laughs) Anyway. um, anyway, Do you think they have a code fluffy? I, don't, I was like, I'm Mark, like, what is your code if an animal gets out? So if we hear that on a radio, we're just booking it. Anyway, anyway, um, code alert uh, is a response involving a dangerous animal. Guests of the zoo's overnight stay roar and soar program were also quickly rushed to safety. Also, I'm like, what was safety? Because like, I think about the animal park with their roar and so I'm like, is it that one bathroom? <laughs> is that the closest building? Like, where are you going to put them? A lion can get pretty much anywhere. So unless you're in a building that's like secured off, like. I've run to a slushy stand. <laughs> that has a little drop. That's not going to do anything. Hope there's a back, like, closet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and most of the bathrooms, like, unless the door is solid in the front. Anyway. Oh, it's my nightmare. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, the lions, four cubs and a male adult named Otto. Atto? Otto. It's it's Australian. Atto? Probably Atto. I feel like Atto. Slipped loose from the enclosure at Sydney Taronga Zoo due to an integrity issue with a containment fence, the zoo said in a statement early Wednesday. 
Uh, the lines were observed in a small area adjacent to the main line exhibit where a six-foot fence separated them from the rest of the zoo. Simon Duffy, Taronga Zoo's director, told a news conference. The lions did not exit the zoo or the adjacent fenced area at any point in time, he said, according to Reuters. Four of the five lions made their own way back into their dens at the main exhibit, with one lion cub having to be safely tranquilized by staff, officials said. All of the animals are now safe and being closely monitored in a back-of-house holding area. And they, they never added. said how the cub how they was. got out? Nope. Um, and all zoo staff responded and acted swiftly. The procedures and processes were followed as they should have been. As a result, the situation was con- under control within minutes, said Duffy. Um, anyway, vi- they have a video on there. You can go look at it. But anyway, so it's like they came running down the tent area saying, it's a code one. Get your tent. Leave your belongings behind. Run and come with us. Magnus Perry, a visitor who was camping overnight with the zoo's Roar and Snore program, told local media, according to Reuters, that is where I would have peed. <laughs> I'm like, we're running? <laughs> Leave everything? Uh, I'm horrified. Also, I would be blind because I have glasses. I'd be like, what yeah. are my glasses? Oh, my God. Anyway, oh. um, all guests at the zoo were moved to a designated safe zone until the lions were safely back in their enclosure. It just happened so quickly. We were a bit surprised. Also, we were probably practically sleeping. I don't know if they were sleeping or if it was just like after park hours, you know. Anyway, um, I think everyone thought it was like a drill. <laughs> Perry added. Can you imagine that being a drill like a cruise ship? They're <laughs> like, we have to do the drill in case the lion gets out. <laughs> anyway, um, no animals or humans were injured in the lion's short escape, and the zoo later opened as normal, officials say. The zoo said a full review of the incident would later confirm exactly how the lions were able to exit their main exhibit, which will remain closed for inspection until it is completely safe for guests to visit. So good thing they had that extra fence. Mm-hmm. I would have died. Are you kidding me? Just absolutely would have died. It reminds me, there was that one point about a month ago where, like, the news feed on my phone was of animals escaping their enclosures at zoos. Like, there was something about a cobra named Houdini that escaped his enclosure in a zoo in Sweden. Why do you have a... <laughs> that is already problematic. I know. That cobra needs to be around, like, three different layers of enclosure. <laughs> Or just send him back, probably to <laughs> India. Where is he from? Just send him back home. <laughs> oh my goodness! And that is not an animal you want with a good escape <laughs> escape rack. Like that's not good. Back in the day, um, before I was even around, like the animals that were the biggest problem with escaping were orangutans. Also bad. Yeah. I mean, that makes more sense to me, but like, mm-hmm. bad. We don't want any of these animals yeah. getting out. This is bad stuff. We don't need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so I would have died, which also makes me think, now I want to go to the animal park and be like, where's your designated safe zone? Because also, like, where Warrensmore is there, like, the lions aren't that far. <laughs> so I'm like, and then the bathroom, you have to head toward the lions, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what other building, I mean, yeah, like, where the, where that little, like, bar area is but none of that looks like it could shut off all the way so i'm like i don't know i don't know what you would do i think there's a portable bathroom maybe (laughs) just shove everyone inside the portable bathroom oh Uh, be awful go i'd rather go by lion (laughs) i'm gonna die there what a horrible way though what if they got in there and then you had to die by lion in a portable like bathroom smell awful you know what that makes me think of that one scene in jurassic park Yes, We're sitting course. on the top. Of course, yes, naturally. That is a classic. <sighs> anyway, so there you go. So five lions escaped. Also, it makes me wonder, like, they're cubs. So are they actual cubs or mm-hmm. are they, like, sub-adults, as we learned before? Mm. And then at first I was like, why is the male with them? But I guess if they're his cubs, yeah. it's okay. But anyway, it's just it's just weird. It was a crazy story. I would have died. I would have died. Because I thought of that at the park sometimes. I'm like... If suddenly they're like, oh, a tiger got loose, I'd be like, what building am I running to <laughs> to get out of the way? <laughs> trying to think what's over there. I feel like now next time we go, we need to be like, if we're in this area and something happens, this is the building you go to. <laughs> and if you go to this area, this is the building. Preferably a place that has like multiple doors. So if they get in the first one, you still have a chance. Anyway. I would need to know if some of those staff only doors are actually locked. Right. <laughs> But then we don't know what's behind them, so you still have to yeah. know where you can go. Like, horrible as it is, with school shootings being a mm-hmm. thing. At my old job when I worked at the college, 
everywhere I was on campus, I was like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> and our built well, our building was terrible because of access, but we have like a brick area. So I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. going in that room because it's all brick. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot harder to shoot through that. <laughs> Than a lot of other things. Oh, my goodness. Or the costume shop. I was like, if you go in the costume shop and you lock the front door, there's only a window this big, so they can't break it and get in. And then you go back where all the costumes are and bury yourself in, like, all the costumes. I'm like, this is my plan. If you can get there. <laughs> you do have to get upstairs first. Reminds me of the videos we have watched as, like, emergency, like, active shooter. Yes. Educational videos. It's Remember like, the ones that are old like, work and it was, like, hide under the dog? Yeah, nest? that's what I was thinking. It was like, <laughs> it's like, I remember there's one part in the video. It was like, he's hiding amongst, like, all the stuff. Dog beds and stuff. Yep. <sighs> I mean, I guess. I I'd hide myself in quarantine. <laughs> that media. Well, you can. Yeah. Because yeah, it's locked. Yep. That's true. Bullets wouldn't stop going through that, though. No, and but then I, be I go in. I have the vents. <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Screw this. I'm out of here. No, I just remember walking around the store and being like, if we had, if I had to grab a weapon, <laughs> I'm like, I know exactly what aisle I'm going to because it's a stupid tie-out. Because it's oh, yeah. heavy and sharp. I'm like, I'm smacking you in the face with that. I know. <laughs> uh, you think we'd have those things locked? <laughs> Oh, someone's probably not just immediately coming up with you. I'm just saying, if I have to run from someone, I'm hitting that aisle on my (laughs) way. (laughs) And then going to smack someone and hope for the best. Otherwise, I'm just like, somebody please have a big dog. And if we're in danger, please dog go attack somebody to at least distract it. Called Judah. Who? Judah. He was a big Tibetan mastiff. I feel like I did see him a couple times, but I don't know. Anyway. It's just, it's crazy times. This is a fun thing we get to do in America. <laughs> Other countries don't have to think about it because, you know, they actually are responsible. But anyway, moving right along, there's zero segue for this. Um, yeah, no segue whatsoever. It was my turn to choose our picks category. And I just feel like Europe is our challenging one. At least for me, it is. So I tried to, to I don't know what my goal was here. <laughs> I was like, what's in the mountains? So I chose favorite animal found in the Alps. Because I feel like a lot of the dogs we've talked about are in like European yeah. mountains and Alps and all of that stuff. And I was like, let's do mountainy things. So who did you choose, Casey? I went with the Alpine salamander. Okay, tell us about them. So their scientific name is Salamandra atra. That's fun. And they are live in the Alps, as their name would suggest. But they live below the snow line. It was once considered to live in the Western Alps, but now it is recognized that the salamanders that live in that region are their own species known as the Lanza's alpine salamander. Oh. The alpine salamander typically lives in humid meadows and woodlands and spends most of its days in cracks or burrows and emerges during the night or after it rains. It just seems like it'd be so cold. Yep. This species of salamander can live to be at least 10 years. Um, they are slightly sexually dimorphic, with females being lar- the larger sex. Males average around 144 millimeters in length, while females are slightly larger at 151 millimeters. Okay. I was waiting for you to grab your thing. No, that's okay. <laughs> it does not appear to be a particularly active species. Um, when scientists were using capture and recapture techniques, they found that about 12 meter meters was the maximum distance traveled by one individual during the summer the whole summer yeah whoa (laughs) they have a slightly elongated head and on their head they have two large kidney shaped paratoid glands paratoid glands are glands located just behind the head in some frogs and salamanders and they secrete poison oh oh dear are these visible yeah okay Mm -hmm. think of what you see on a cane toad okay 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 yeah this species also has poison glands that run down the center of its back and on the sides of its body. When they feel threatened, it will release skin secretions that have a chemical known as steroidal alkaloids. And those in this, this species and others in the genus Salamandra, these toxins are called salamandrins. These toxins are not a threat if only in contact with the skin, but can be detrimental to your health if ingested. Okay. The salamanders in the genus Salamandra are unique amongst amphibians in that they do not acquire these poisons from the food they ingest, but instead synthesize it themselves. Another characteristic that makes this species unique is the fact that it is among the few fully terrestrial salamander species, and that includes their early stages of development. 
in most salamanders and amphibians in general. The eggs are laid and fertilized in the water, and when ere they become tadpoles and develop in the water until they undergo metamorphosis and can leave the water they were hatched in. But the alpine salamander's life history is very different. First off, during mating, the male clasps onto the female's back and deposits a spermatophore on the female's cloaca, and the sperm will swim up and fertilize the eggs. Oh. The female has two uteri, and one embryo will develop in each, and these offsprings first get nurtured by ovophagy, which translates to egg-eating, and in the case of this salamander, it will first feed on the fertilized eggs and then on the unfertilized ones in the uterus. Ah. <laughs> Later on, cellular material gets deposited into the uterus, and that is used as food by the embryo. And they will also develop external gills, but will lose them before they undergo metamorphosis because they go undergo metamorphosis while inside their mother. Uh. The gestation period is long and actually varies depending on what elevation the salamander lives at. If the female is between 650 and 1,000 meters above sea level, gestation is around two years. If it's between 1,400 and 1,700 meters above sea level, then it's about three years. What? Yeah. That's crazy. And at the end of it, the female gives birth to two fully metamorphosed salamanders at around 40 to 50 millimeters in length. Oh, no. I don't have it near me today. <laughs> Failed. That's pretty... Wait, millimeters? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's better. I was like, jeez. <laughs> um, okay, millimeters is better. Yep. Oh, I'm so sad. Mm -hmm. The alpine salamander is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list, but their population is currently in decline. They are under threat by a loss of habitat due to tourism, and in lower elevation, they are losing habitat due to agriculture. Like other species of amphibians across the globe, the alpine salamander is under threat from chytrid fungus, specifically Batrachytrium salamandivorans, which is known to cause the disease chytromycosis, which has been devastating amphibian populations across the globe. But this species in particular has only been seen in salamanders and newts. Oh. So is that like one of the longest gestational periods of any animal then? Yep. Because that's ridiculously long. Yep. That's longer than elephants. That's yes. crazy. <laughs> what? I'm blown away by this. I can't handle it. Yeah, it's because of the elevation and their ectotherm. So development's going to take a while. Oh, so weird. Okay. Well, I chose an adorable animal that I didn't know existed. Um, anyway, um, so <laughs> I was not 100% sure how to pronounce this, but I'm going to go with how I would read it in French because they are pretty much from the French Alps. So the chamois is what I'm calling it. C-H-A-M-O-I-S. Um, and their scientific name, I did it again, is Rupacapra Rupacapra. That's amazing. I love it. It makes me think of Chipacabra, though. You know what? Remember what that is? No, and I should because it's a horror thing. <laughs> uh, they Is that when they have the two faces? Not no, two faces. I meant when the name repeats. Oh, totally different. Uh, no, I do not remember. It's a tatonym. Tatonym. Sorry, everyone. I just knocked a bunch of stuff down. I'm sorry. That was noisy. A tatonym. Rupacapra, rupacapra. Could be like a spell, Rupa Capra, or like Rupa Capra, Rupa Capra, and like chanting. Anyway, it's fun. Ha! Huh, next time I'm in a show and I have to do like Walla Walla stuff, I'm just gonna be like Rupa Capra, Rupa Capra. What? Anyway, what's what's the what's the Wolverine again? Gulo Gulo. Gulo Gulo. Rupa Capra, Rupa Capra, Gulo Gulo. <laughs> this is me. I'm just gonna be spouting off scientific names. Ah, that's my new thing. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Focus on. All right. So the species is native to the mountains of South and Central Europe, as well as Turkey. And the Caucasus of Asia, mm -hmm. uh, being from the Alps, they live in the alpine habitat, <laughs> as well as subalpine meadows, and are usually found above the timberline. They can live between 14 to 22 years. They stand about 70 to 80 centimeters at the shoulder. Grr. Standard for a goat. It's like a goat-like animal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's about right. Anyway, um, so 1.1 to 1.3 meters long, and they weigh from 30 to 50 kilograms. This is a sexually dimorphic species with males being larger than the females. They are herbivorous, and during the summer, they will feed mostly on herbs and non-woody flowering plants. But in the winter, their diet shifts uh, to consist mostly of lichens, moss, and pine shoots. 
and the chamois is a member of the Bovidae family, and more specifically in the subfamily Caprinae, yep. meaning they are a species of goat antelope, which is also crazy to me. Goat antelope? Why is it goat antelope? Are all goats also goat antelopes? Yes, goats are goat <sighs> antelopes. It's horrible. <laughs> It's going to be like all goats are antelopes and all antelopes are goats. Yeah. <laughs> like squares and rectangles. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. So anyway, fun fact. The Dutch word for the chamois is gems, but the male... It's pronounced hems. Oh, hems. Okay, okay. Hems. Strange Dutch. Okay, anyway. But the males are called hemsbok. What? No, yeah. different animal. <laughs> which is also the name of a species of antelope in sub-Saharan Africa. But the two species are not closely related. Also, I pronounce that gemsbok anyway. I don't like to say I hemsbok. I say hemsbok. Of course you do because you're Dutch. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, I forget what their actual other name is. Whatever. It's an oryx. It's an oryx. Uh, it's Some sort of oryx. Western oryx, I believe. Don't remember. They're really cool looking. But anyway, back to the chamois. Um, so like other members of this group of animals, the chamois is specifically, uh, textured hooves. They have specifically textured hooves that allow them to grip onto the surface of rocks and allows them to be incredibly agile while hopping across rocks in their alpine habitat. Both sexes have horns, but the males are significantly longer, thicker, and they curve back sharply. And the males need these large horns in order to compete against other males during mating season. Similar to other goat antelope. Yeah. It's, um, they're also called South African oryx. That's what it is. Okay. Anyway, um, so similar to other goat antelope, the chamois males are solitary and only join herds of females during the breeding season, which starts in late summer. The chamois has some of the most precocial? Yep. Sure. Sure. Offspring. Okay. I've just never seen, I've seen precocious. I've never seen precocial. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what? Anyway. So the chamois has some of the most precocial offspring amongst mammals. The kids huh, are able to stand up and follow their mothers almost immediately after birth. Within just a few days, they can readily improve their jumping and running abilities, which is important for them to avoid predation from animals such as Eurasian lynx and wolves. In some, wow, a lynx, would they go after an adult or just the youngins? They could go after an adult. Ah, that's pretty aggressive for lynx, I feel like. Anyway, in some instances where the mother has fallen to a predator, oh, sometimes other females in the herd may raise her kid. All the animals that adopt orphans are my favorite. Anyway, during the non-breeding season, males are left on their own to fend for themselves, while females and their offspring have the safety of their herd to protect them. And when one of the members of the herd detects danger, they will warn the others by making a whittling Whistling is whistling. what I think that's supposed to be. <laughs> you definitely put whittling. <laughs> I was like, they're sitting there. <laughs> anyway, a whistling noise and stomp their feet. <laughs> I just want to see that. All right. Anyway. Also, I don't know why I thought of immediately the west side whistle. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be the little goat stand up. Anyway. All right. Whatever. All right. This will cause the others to flee to the most inaccessible places as possible, making large leaps across the mountain and are able to jump about two meters into the air and can cover a distance of six meters. Go goats. <laughs> Scoozies. They are also able to run very quickly and can reach speeds of up to 50 kilometers per hour, even across the uneven terrain of the Alpine. The chamois is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list, and their population is currently stable. However, some subspecies are under threat by problems such as poaching and overhunting, as well as introduction of domestic livestock. Does a domestic livestock bring diseases, or what is it doing? It can bring diseases, and they also compete for resources. Mm, Gotcha, 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 okay. Anyway, so that is the chamois. Which I love so much. And Casey. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I need a... It better be good. Uh, what do you call a goat that lives in the mountains? I don't know. A hillbilly. <laughs> I couldn't even say it without laughing. I love it so much. It was a good one. It yeah. was a good one. Anyway, I love it so much. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Anyway. All right. So that's going to bring us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is... The Eurasian hoopoe. What? I've never heard of this. I did look at a picture and they look cool. But anyway, tell us about them. So these guys belong to the order of Bucerotiformes. Okay. And they're in the family Upupidae. Oh, come on. Their scientific name is Upupo Epops. Oh, no. 
pops. Oopoopa e pops. Oopoopa e pops. Oop. That's first of all tongue twister. Yeah. Oopoopa oop pops. Oopoopa oop pops. I need to make that a tongue twister. I need to copy that down. Also, that is just amazing. Can I add that to my walla walla? Gulo gulo oopoopo pop. I can't say it. It's so hard. Anyway, moving on. That is probably one of my favorite scientific names yeah. of any animal we've talked about. So the common, it's also called the common hoopo, um, and I'll usually use Eurasian. Okay. Um, it has one of the largest geographic ranges of any bird species. They have a resident <laughs> population in the southern portion of Spain and Portugal, as well as several countries in Africa and in India and China. And depending on the time of year, they can be found in most of the regions of Eurasia. This bird typically lives in more open habitats like savannas, grasslands, and woodlands, but is also found in more altered environments like pastures, orchards, and vineyards. The lifespan is around 10 years, and they're about 26 to 28 centimeters long and have a wingspan of 42 to 46 centimeters, weigh around 47 to 87 grams. The bulk of their diet consists of invertebrates like insects and spiders, but they will occasionally go after larger prey like small reptiles and frogs. They also have been known to feed on some plants such as seeds and berries. They have a have strong rounded wings which allows them to fly quickly with great agility to go after flying insects, especially those species that are swarming. But the majority of the time, they hunt for insects while they are on the ground and will use its long curved beak to probe into the dirt in search of food. The bill is very sensitive and can detect when there are insects like mole crickets and then they will pull them out with their bill or they will use their feet to dig them out. They will feed on a variety of species ranging from 10 millimeters to 150 millimeters in length, but tend to prefer insects at around 20 to 30 millimeters. And when they do catch some larger insects, they will use their bill to beat it against a rock or the ground. This is just the bird's favorite thing to do, is just yep. pick something up and beat it against a rock. Yep. After they have killed it, they will remove the less desirable parts like the legs and the wings. Wow, they're <laughs> fancy. Yep. As mentioned earlier, the Eurasian hoopo is a member of the family Upupidae. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not a 12-year-old boy, but that's still uh, just amazing. Also, not even just the poop part, but the poopity. Like, it's just the whole thing. It's just, I feel like I'm skipping. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Which is known as the Hoopo family. And at one point, there was considered to be just a single living member of this family. But now the species has been separated into three separate species, the African, Madagascar, and the Eurasian. These birds' closest living relatives are the wood hoopos, hornbills, and gra ho ground hornbills. Yeah. The picture I looked at does not look anything like a hornbill. Yeah, but those are some of their closest relatives. Oh, <laughs> systematics and all that drives yep. me insane. I love it. <laughs> they are a monogamous species, but the pair will only stay together for a single breeding season. The species is typically solitary and can be quite territorial, especially during mating season. And the male will use their calls to establish their territory. But if other males decide to intrude, they will use their bills to stab at their rivals. <laughs> I stab at thee. <laughs> they are not intricate nest builders and will make their nests out of naturally occurring holes in stumps and trees. And is usually unlined, but they may occasionally line it with scraps that they collect. Unlike, uh, unlike many other monogamous bird species, the female is the one solely responsible for incubating the egg. One interesting aspect about this bird species regards their clutch size and location. In the northern hemisphere, they will lay more eggs, and those at higher latitudes will have larger clutches than birds closer to the equator. Even though the female is the only one to incubate the egg, the male will collect food and feed the female while she is incubating. Both the female and chicks have evolved some interesting anti-predator defenses to protect themselves. Birds have something called a uropigial gland, which is located above the tail, which is also known as the oil or preen gland because it secretes an oil that birds spread across its body while preening. In this species, it becomes modified when the female is incubating or brooding, as well as the nestlings, and it will produce a foul-smelling liquid which it rubs all over its feathers. Mm. The secretion smells like rotting meat and helps deter predators from entering the nest, and it also helps prevent parasites, and some think it may even be an antibacterial agent. Hmm. 
the nestlings have another even more disgusting defense when they are around a week old they will hiss like a snake but if predators still don't heed that warning and enter the nest they can shoot a stream of feces at anyone who may enter the nest that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing they can yep. just like target range shoot poop yep that's why ooh, poopa <laughs> This is amazing. This is, I think, one of my favorite birds. Mm -hmm. The Eurasian hoopoe is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. And their populations are currently in decline. Um, in Europe, however, the population is currently stable, but there is some agriculture intensification that is limiting the availability of nesting cavities for these birds to use during the breeding season. Okay, that is a crazy bird. Mm -hmm. Um... And I just feel bad and weird looking at this picture. It makes me think of Trump because oh, no, dude, it's not. orange because it's orange. And when it's when its whole crown is up, that's when yeah. his toupee is going crazy. And then those should be jail, old timey jail <laughs> things. That should be Trump in jail because they're old timey jail stripes. Oh my god. And then it's orange, and it's kind of got bad hair, sort of. Not like bad hair, but like this is when it's all down. So yeah. like that's the wind is blowing it up. It's insulting to the bird. I'm sorry, bird. Oh. Also, he probably does smell like really bad. <laughs> Let's be real. Anyway, so I'm just saying. It's just it's, I just look at it, and that's what I see is Trump in jail, hopefully. Old-timey jail, apparently. <laughs> anyway, that's just crazy. Oopoopa. So I guess it's good that birds don't smell well, because yeah. I would not want to grow up in the smell of rotting meat yeah well okay nasty <laughs> anyway all right that's a cool bird though i yes. that's my favorite scientific name that's the best all right anyway so that's gonna bring us to our challenge and uh it's casey's turn so i don't know what it's gonna be a mess <laughs> i mean it's always a mess like the challenge is a mess or it's i'm a gonna be a mess we're both gonna be a mess great perfect because oh, i, I thought a... yeah <laughs> it's gonna be naming <laughs> Oh no! Okay. With regards to our animals of the week, <laughs> and I need to start. I modified the it because the first my first idea was impossible. Great, we don't but have a writing implement or. Paper. I I've listed the orders of animals. I hate you. Of the week already, already in I order. Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so we're going to start off. I'll tell you how many are possible for an order, and we'll decide <sighs> who goes first, and we'll take turns, and. We'll have to try to name the animal that's from the order. This is going to be a mess. Yeah. This is going to be so bad. Then when we feel like we can't name it anymore, then we say stop and we move on. And I've listed all one. <laughs> There's so, 100 possible. Oh, my God. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to know nothing. So you have to be able to know that that's wrong or right. I'm going to be just yeah. randomly naming off animals and be like, I don't know. That sounds like a bird type thing. So here we go. <laughs> And I'm going to give you a bird. I, I'm never going to know if I'm right. Yeah. I will confirm if you're right. Okay. Oh, are you going to be able to track it over there? Or do yeah, we need a paper? I have okay, a good. possible chart. I'm horrified. Is it going in order at least? Alphabetical order. I was like, I'm just going to go in order for animals. <laughs> at least now I can remember. Who was it? The Titicaca frog? Is who yeah. I couldn't remember the one time. Anyway. Oh, this is going to be bad. Okay. Yeah. So do you want to go first or me? Uh, First, because it's going to be so bad no matter what. We're going to get stuck. I bet we'll do worse than your six points <laughs> of 100. <laughs> well, how keep many, a, we're a team here, so. How many points do we have? 100. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, in five minutes? I gave us 10. Okay, okay. I We can do better than six, I think. Okay, yeah. I still want to go first. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Can I say pass? Yeah, then we pass on that order and we go to the next one. And then it'll be mine. I can't pass yeah. to you, though. Or can I say multiple animals and until I get one right? <laughs> I'll wait till you get one right. And if you feel like you can't. I feel up. like we should do like you get like five guesses or something. I'm good with that. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's going to be bad. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Good thing is a couple of these first ones, there's only one. So That's probably not better for me. <laughs> but okay. You think I know these things? I don't know these things. I didn't know some of these. Isn't so. Squamata one of the orders? Yeah. Okay, I know like two but of them. But keep those. in mind, it's <laughs> that's it's alphabetical order, so that's near the Great. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Okay. Ready? I'm horrified, yeah. So the first order is Acipitriformes. I feel like that's... I feel like that's one of the invertebrates. Or a bird. 
God knows which one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's the blue Alcon butterfly. It is not. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to be helpful if I knew if it was a bird or a or an invertebrate or even a fish. God knows. Um, uh, what is the order again? Acipitriformes. No, that's not helpful at all. Um... Um, this is a disaster already. I'm going to move to birds, I guess. I don't know. A Watson. It's not a Watson. Okay. That would really be helpful if I knew at least what kind of animal I'm dealing with. Um, that, to me, that sounds like it's an invertebrate, though. What are there? I don't think it's one of the spiders. Yeah. What other invertebrates have we done? A minute has passed, by the way. Are you serious? Yeah. Just fucking pass. Okay, my <laughs> turn. Ectinistia. No idea. Well, this is my turn, so. I know, but I mean, like, good luck. I would never gotten that. <laughs> the thing is, I remember this one specifically because it's changed since that episode. It was formerly Coelacantha for me, so it's the Coelacanth. Oh, my God. Okay. You better get this one. Emblypidgei. Yeah, I should know it. Doesn't mean I do. <laughs> it was very recent. It was recent. I remember that name. I don't remember who it was with. Emblypidget. It wasn't... What are, who are recent ones? Let's do that. <laughs> who is recent? Oh, God. Who was last time? Oh, my God. What was our last animal? Mm-hmm. What was the animal before that? <laughs> oh, this is not going well at all. And now I'm getting the pics and the animals yeah. mixed up. Think South America. <sighs> okay, so that was not as recent as I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, who are South American? I have lost my mind on who our animals were. I don't think it's, I don't think that's the otter. Who are the other South American animals? That's so bad. I'm saying the otter because I can't remember the other South American animals. I don't think it's the otter though, is it? No. Oh God, what else did we, how do I not know the season at all? (laughs) What pictures did you have to go look up, Allie? Kinkajou was in North America. No, it was not. No, it wasn't. Rog, I'll say the Kinkajou. Oh, geez. The ringtail was North America. Yep. That's who was North America. Um. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm just going to. You're just going to be doing this on your own. Okay. I'm just gonna you want to pass? Yeah. Okay. A nurse next one. Golden Mantella. Now it's your turn. It's still in there. There's one more. I hate all of this. <sighs> You've already um, said it. Titty cocker frog, I'm guessing. Yes, I'm like, it's a frog, hopefully. Thank okay. Apodiformes. That is oh. the Anna, Santa Anna's hummingbird. Okay, so yours is Aranier. There's only two for it. You know I don't know orders. Come on, man. Arania, I'm just passing. We, how much time okay. do we have? We don't have a ton of time. Let's get, half half. Let's get to Skomata. Let's get to Skomata. I'll guess for the Arania, diving bell spider. Oh, I did not think that's what was that. Okay. Okay. Yours is Argentina Formis. Okay, so I think it's in Argentina, maybe? Oh, God. Here we go again with who are the South American animals. Um, I'm just going to start naming off South American animals. I don't think that's the otter. Um, the bush dog? No. No. Um. You're going to be pissed when you find out what it is. It's not nice. The giant anteater? No. I have two guesses left. Mm-hmm. Um. Jesus Christo, who were our... <laughs> How can I not remember any of our animals? Watson? Nope. Um, One more. I hope it's in South America. <laughs> or this is just crazy for no reason. The, it's not the main wolf. Um, uh, why did I say the bush dog? Either? That was also stupid. Um, I don't think it's the green anaconda, but that's all I can think of as being in South America. So okay. there we go. Great. This is okay. horrible. Next order is Artiodactyla. There's eight. Oh, no. um, I'll, okay. uh, first one I'll say is pronghorn. Okay. Um, is that one of those? The Saula? That is one of them. Okay. A long fin pilot whale. 
I hate all of these things that aren't like each other. Um, I don't think that's one of them, but I'm going to say it. The Kirk's Dick Dick? That is one of them. Yay! I got two right. Woo! Oh, I got the toad, too. Um, Atlantic Spotted Dolphin. Um, I'm so lost because it's going to be those guys. <laughs> There's and three I, more. Again, I'm also missing our picks and our animals. I'm yeah. like, who is who is what? I'm just gonna go with a cetacean, maybe. I don't know. I'll say a vaquita. That is one of them. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not sure if I remember them. To be fair, you had to look all this up to do this, so you are going to be more refreshed. Yes, but I did in this. order of the seasons, <laughs> and I mixed it up on purpose. Oh my gosh, I can. Because I think we've done all the cetaceans now. No, there's at least one more. Is there? Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Amazon River Dolphin. Yeah, there you go. My goodness. Is that all of our cetaceans now, though? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. All of our picks, at least. I'm mean, picks, I mean, the yeah, animals. There's we... one left. Oh, God. Um. I don't think they're with that. Are they with that? I think it's going to be wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. But I think it's going to be wrong. A pygmy hippo? That is it. Fuck yeah! Wait, actually, that's the first one we got them all. Yay! Go team! <laughs> all right. So next one is Buceratiformes. Mm. There's only one. Kill me. <laughs> don't worry, it's mine. Good, it's your turn. Thank God. <laughs> the Eurasian hoopo. <laughs> Literally, you just said it. I got too distracted by the upupa upops yep. or whatever. Okay, yours is carcariniformes. Nope. I feel like that's in the water. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say the large tooth sawfish. That is not it. Okay. Um. I'm gonna say. What is the order again? Carcariniformes. Um, who have we done as animals of the week? I still feel like it's in the water. Um, uh, why can't I remember what those are called? Indo-Pacific sailfish? That is not it. Okay, um, I'm just passed. <laughs> Pass on this? Yes. Okay. Uh, next order. Carnivora. Okay. Okay. Main wolf. Black-footed cat. Okay. Bush dog. <laughs> uh, oh, you said the main wolf. How many are there, by the way, of this? 14. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Wolverine is, right? It is. Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, God, we're going to forget who we've said. <laughs> Kinkajou. Ringtail? Okay. Um, Kawadi. Okay. Uh, are they in Carnivora? The, um, why can't I remember their name? The Tarsier? Spectacle Tarsier? That is not one. That's not even the one I'm thinking of, though. What is the one I'm trying to think of? Whatever. I can't remember it. Um, moving on to somebody else. Uh, da, 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 da. Have we done any other cats? I don't think Have so. we only done one cat? I think so. <laughs> um, I think those are only two dogs. Think, no, there was no. one in Asia, right? Wasn't there an Asian dog that I kept forgetting? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I forgot last time the dole. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Bentrong. Okay, I think, wouldn't the bears be in there? Yep. So the, oh my god, who's that? Why, sloth bear. I'm like, why can't I get the name out? Yeah, sloth bear. Let me think. Oh, African painted dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's another dog. That, was, that wasn't that was a pick, though. That was a pick, I mean. Oh, wait, what? That wasn't a, that was a it pick. It was a pick. Because we, I, I think mm. I chose that. And you had Ethiopian yeah, wolf. Oh, um. Oh. Ardwolf. Wait, wouldn't that be one? What? I it's your like, turn anyway. I, I feel like the giant otter would be carnivora. It is? Fuck yeah. Ooh, two more. Oh no. What have we done? I know. now, And we've jumped all over the place. So I'm like, I know. oh god. <laughs> Who have we had? Damn it, damn it, damn it. Mm -hmm. I think, have we done all of South America? I don't think there's anywhere in Oceania left. 
There's nothing in Oshi. Oh. Oh, sad times. We, we got 12 of those. We did better than six. Yeah, so How our... many orders were left? <laughs> so many? I should have just passed immediately. Mm. It's The thing is, a lot of these orders have like one. There's 62. Yeah, anything that had one, we should have just passed. <laughs> okay, now I'm just curious what were the ones, and then also what were the other ones? Just quickly go through them. Okay, so the first one, Acipitriformes, that is the Harris Hawk. Oh, okay. Actinstia, that is the Coelacanth. Amblypigi, that's the Amblypidget or Whip Spider. Anura, that's frogs. We got those two, Tadicaca Frog and Golden Mantella. Potiformes, that's the Hummingbird. Uh, Rainier, that's spiders. The Diving Bell Spider. And Bagheera Kipling Eye. <laughs> this one is going to piss you off. Argentiformes is the barrel eye. Yeah, never have gotten that. <laughs> Did not want that at all. Artiodactyla, we got all those guys. Those are the even-toed ungulates. Okay. And those, again, were pronghorn, dick-dick, pygmy hippo, saula, pilot whale, vaquita, river dolphin, and the Atlantic spotted dolphin. Buceratiformes, that one was the Eurasian hoopo. Carcarinaformes, that is actually a group of sharks. Oh, that's where I didn't go. And yeah. I was thinking of sharks. So the spear tooth shark, the bonnet head, and the pajama shark. And then I also couldn't remember what sharks we had done. <laughs> yeah. Then carnivora, we got 12 of them. There were a total of 14, which is the order we've done the most on. They are the Kwadi, Maine Wolf, Wolverine, Mink. That's one of the ones mink, we forgot. Okay. Black-footed Cat, Dole, Sloth Bear, Bush Dog, Ardwolf, Bintrong, River Otter, Kinkajou, and Ringtail. Who did we not say? The Ringtail? I don't remember who else we didn't yeah. say. We didn't say the one. Anyway, moving yeah. on. So that's where we stopped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because there's a lot. Well, we don't have to do all of them, but mm -hmm. like... I'll do with the ones that there's like multiples. Mm -hmm. Caradriformes, which was going to be the next one. That is the puffin and the razor fill. Would never have gotten those. Yeah. There's Desiuromorphia. Those are the carnivorous marsupials. That was just the numbat and the tiger quoll. Tiger quoll. That's what I was thinking of, mm -hmm. but I couldn't think of the name. Then there's also Galliformes, that one we've only done two of. That would have been the uh, Greater Sage Grouse and the Rock Ptarmigan. Hymenoptera, those are the bees, the wasps, those ones, which is just the fairy fly and the blood, box headed blood bee. Ones, 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 ones. <laughs> <laughs> then there's also uh, Passeriformes, those are the songbirds. Not songbirds. So. I was like, songbirds? We didn't do a bunch of those. No. Um, that's the Cocker Rock and the Hooded Pidui. Hmm. Then there's the Persiformes. Those are a group of bony fish. That was just the Jonas Ice Fish and the Boops Boops. Oh, Boops Boops. Oh, gee. Mm hmm. Then one you would have liked, Squamata. That is the lizards and the snakes. Thank God. Heel Monster. <laughs> yep. Heel Monster, Anaconda, Sheltapusik. The common European adder, the frilled neck lizard, marine iguana, and armadillo gilded, girdled lizard. Let's see. I think that's the last big order. That had multiples. Yeah. Well, there's also testudines. That's the turtles and tortoises. That was the Yangtze giant soft-shelled turtle and the leatherback sea turtle. Urodella. That's the salamanders. That would have been the axolotl and the hellbender. And yeah, that's the last one of the multiples. There we go. So not the load of anything like that again. But if there's something I just don't automatically know, I'm just going to pass it. Because <laughs> there's a million. And yeah. if we've gotten Carnivora and Squamata, I'd be like, all right, at least I have a chance in here. Yeah. But um, we actually did more diversity than I thought. In our first season, there were 43 episodes and we covered 30 orders. In our first season? Yeah. Okay. And then in our second season, not as much diversity? I didn't track. <laughs> it's oh. too much of a pain. Got you. <laughs> Got you, got you. Okay. So that's pretty good, though. Yeah. 30 orders. We mm -hmm. had 43 episodes. Yep. Oh, I think that's pretty good. Yep. Good team. I don't like orders, though. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's harder. I feel like I need better yeah, with Yeah, the original plan was families. Because families is like equity, right? Yeah. That would have been so much better with that. That's just too many. <laughs> oh, okay. 
too many singles or something just because like in carnivora we've done multiple families okay, okay. procyon is mastelids okay felids canids all right just gotcha. too much too many <laughs> but yeah so we bed, did better than six <laughs> we did better than six how many did we get total let's see thank you xl for auto sum 26 that's pretty good yeah i mean it's a failure still yes <laughs> but i mean what how did what did you think we were gonna do Honestly, I thought we were going to do like 11. Okay, great. <laughs> so we exceeded my expectations. It was better. It was better. Thank God you got the frog one first. I yeah. never would have known what that was. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode 100 and for sticking around with us for 100 episodes. Woohoo! Go team. Um, as always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.